Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. Surprise! <laughs> but running the boards is Joey D's. Hey! Hi! On today's show, I will talk with Gareth Von Kallenbach about some really, really interesting video game news. Mm. We'll also talk about Amazon's Lord of the Rings. This is going to be a big budget thing. And we'll also get to the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky? Are we sure? Yes. How can people get a hold of us? <laughs> get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Dot com. Get our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. Or just search for BJ's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, radio.com, and iTunes to find us. Exactly. And I don't want to bury the lead here, so let's get right with Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach, because this is some major news that has me very, very excited for what's going to be happening in the world of video games. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. And we were hyping up CES. So what's some of that stuff that you've seen so far that you uh, thought was pretty neat? Well, it's rather interesting because you're getting a lot of what you kind of expected, you know, UV air filters and sanitizers for your phone oh, and yeah. products and your desk. And we're getting a lot of the, you know, the at-home thing, like, for example, Samsung always shows off giant TVs. They showed off one that actually is capable of doing four different boxes, so you can watch the TV and have four different, uh, three different displays going with the the main one. And they said, like for gaming, if you play uh, certain Nintendo games like Mario Kart, they oh, yeah. showed how you could put it into four quadrants and stuff like that. And of course, the trick with a lot of this stuff is that people have to remember this is all concept. Some of it is already out, some of it is coming out, and some of it is just there to see what the buzz is to decide, okay, is this something we want to pursue? I've told you about these gigantic televisions we've seen that are thinner than anything. Saw one, I remember, for three, four years in a row, never came to market, and I finally asked them, you know, on on like the fifth year, what's the story? And they're like, well, if this ever came out, it'd be about $35,000 and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But it's something they put in the booth to draw people in and get conversation going. And so you see a lot of stuff like that. We had a lot of talk. We talked about the video cards, and you have everyone from like PNY and NVIDIA and Colorful and, uh, you know, various others. Uh, all talking about the 3060 cards, as you know, the cheaper volume ranged of the new ones that are coming out with that feature ray tracing, which is where you get the real light effects and, uh, you know, better frame rates, that sort of thing. And so um, that's appealing. But two of the things that really stood out to me uh, were coming from Razer. Now, Razer, as you know, tr- makes keyboards, headsets, mm-hmm. mice. Uh, gaming paraphernalia. They have two things. Now, again, they're concepts. They may or may not come to market. One is called Project Brooklyn. And essentially, I've seen variations on this at E3 from other companies. Uh, Imagine like a large chair that you sit in and it has an overhang that comes down and you can put your computer and screen displays in it. So it's kind of like you're sitting in a chair and you've got your whole thing, but yet you've got this thing that comes down and you can hook up multiple displays. So we have some video and stuff on that on the site. But the thing that I wanted to mention was this one really threw me for a loop. It's called Project Hazel. Now, like a lot of companies, they took some of their manufacturing and they started to make masks for first responders because there was a real... 
um, shortage of these for the medical community when this whole horrible situation started. And then that led them to do some masks for consumers and stuff like that. So what they have now is this concept. And let me see if I can really give you an idea of this. Imagine a clear face shield that fits completely over your head and face. It's got two filters in it. And it is electronic in that you can speak without your voice being muffled or anything like that. It's got the LED lights around the filter. So think of like the old style gas mask, only more stylish, um, where they have the little nodules on the side. And those are where your filters go. So it's got these um, chroma displays and it will change color when it needs charging, when the filters need to be replaced. And then at the end of the day, it's got a case and you put your you put your um, you put the heads the mask in this case, and what it does is it cleans and sterilizes it, and it recharges the battery. That's amazing. That and that uh, it, it's so funny because like that's like cyberpunk technology at that point, and I love that sort of stuff. And I mean, I've seen that UV technology and the battery charger stuff even work with stuff like uh, 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 like uh, hearing aids and such. So it seems it stands to reason that you can just kind of port that technology to that sort of thing. But that's really like that alleviates almost all of the issues that a lot of people have with that stuff, you know, the accessibility, the fact that you can't hear people, uh, being able to know when you need to change your filters or the batteries and all that stuff. That sounds genius. It is. And see, what's interesting about it, too, is they had told us we got to hear about it about a week ago. And, of course, you can't say a thing. We're going to review it to mm-hmm. the public at CES. And they did that the other day. Then the embargo lifted. We could put the video up. We could talk about it. Now, they had told us, you know, people were asking, do you have child sizes? Do you have this? And none of that's all there. It's still a concept. They don't know if yeah. this will ever come to market. The whole idea was to see what is the reaction once the public became aware of this. And, of course, you know, now I'm trying to be an optimist here and I'm sitting here going, okay, well, let's assume you go forward with it. What is the earliest you could expect these on the market? And I'm thinking summertime. And then of course, you know, we don't know what the vaccination schedules are going to look like, but then part of me said, you know, you've already got organizations saying concerts and stuff should be able to resume by the fall, maybe late summer, this sort of thing. So there was this part of me going, maybe I'm being too optimistic, but it sounds to me like, the need for this might not be as great by the time these come to the market. Ooh, I mean, yeah, that's a good point. But then at that point, you can just use it for all your uh, cyber raves. <laughs> right, and it's so, but at least you have it. But yeah, on the other hand, on the other hand, if there is this truth that to get into conventions and concerts, you are still going to have to be masked and or show proof of vaccine, now you have something that's a little more... Um, sociable, yeah. a little more convenient, uh, you know, so on and so forth. That it's just, it's an interesting thing. And it's one of those things where at least I looked at that and said, that's someone thinking outside the box there. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm curious where we're going to be with this down the road. Uh, moving on from that, talking about gaming, you sent me the, the, the link to this and I thought it was kind of interesting that it looks like there's going to be an Indiana Jones game. Yes, there has been a, three-stage of news approach. Each one has been a bigger bombshell than the other. So this started on Monday with Lucasfilm. Essentially, they had LucasArts, which was the gaming division. They gave it up Mm -hmm. because Disney did not want to be involved in the high-priced 
game development, they decided it was better to license out the franchises to other companies. They entered a 10-year deal with Star Wars um, with Electronic Arts. Mm -hmm. So the other day on Monday, they put a sizzle reel out saying, okay, we're essentially Lucasfilm Games now. And uh, this is the, you know, everyone's like, are they going back into making their own games or is this just them rebranding LucasArts? The next day, Bethesda comes out and says, we've got an Indiana Jones game in the works and it is being done with machine games who have done the um, recent Wolfenstein games. Now, not only does this get everyone excited, there's another Indiana Jones movie in the works, that sort of thing. Then the whole question came out about, well, wait a second, didn't they just cut that deal with Microsoft? And are these going to be Microsoft exclusive Indiana Jones games? Or is it going to be a timed release or so on? And so while everybody was debating that, they dropped the massive bombshell that has a lot of questions and no answers. They came out and said the next day, Massive Entertainment, who does the uh, Tom Clancy games for Ubisoft, uh, like The Division, like Ghost Recon, is going to be doing an open-world Star Wars game that is going to be released what? by Ubisoft. Yeah. What? And so I'm thinking Ghost Recon slash Division-style oh, Star Wars. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Blow your mind, right? Yeah. And, th- and now here are the Ooh. questions. We're not 10 years up on the EA Games thing. So here are all the big questions. Did they pull the license from EA? Did they basically say, you know what, we're opening this up to everybody because I can't believe they would be announcing this game and say, oh, but we still have five years until it comes to market (laughs) or something. And so this has been the big question. EA has been silent. And, you know, we know there have been some disappointments with Battlefield 2. We knew there Mm -hmm. were some things that were announced that didn't come to fruition. But Jedi Fallen Order was a massive hit. There's supposedly a sequel in development. Um, you know, Star Wars Squadrons, priced at 39 versus 59, has been a not a massive hit per se, but certainly not a failure. It has been, I would say, decently to well-received. So why now? And what the, has yeah. changed? And it's kind of interesting at that point in time as well, because you talk about open world, and the first thing I think of is MMORPGs, but then you mentioned The Division, which is kind of more along the lines of a Diablo-esque first person or third person when it comes down to that. So I'm kind of excited to see where they're going to go with it. I hope it's going to be like The Division, because I I felt that those were solid games, and that whole platform was really good with that. But then you mix in with like lightsabers, force powers, blasters, all the ridiculousness with that. That oh that the 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 prospects from that seem massive, especially if they follow. And like I said, they could do a different approach. But let's you know look at the Tom Clancy games, look at the Ghost Recon, mm-hmm. look at the Division and the Division Two, and look at Rainbow Six Siege squad based. You have yeah. four players on average. Moving through, and I made a joke that okay, so is a virus going to break out on Coruscant, and I have to take the special. <laughs> but you get the idea, yeah. and you know, not saying it's going to do that, but you know, these are the kind of games that they have done, and I'm thinking a four-player co-op squad-based Star Wars game in a large open-world setting, where take it, take the Diablo aspect. What if 
they instead of you know like they have where everything's customizable what if there's a class-based system you can be a jedi you've got heavy artillery you've got this Mm -hmm. and you're like wow this is there are some serious possibilities. And then, like in the division, you can have your own squad. You can go solo, but you'll be crossing against real players as well. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, oh, man, worth. And see, this is this is the kind of thing that frustrates me so much because this is the kind of thing I look at it and say, okay, when E3 rolls around in June, we'll get some more information on it. And the sad thing is, we're probably not going to have an in-person E3 <laughs> just yet. And it's like, don't mess with my head and make me wait till 2022. Oh, I'm being selfish, right. but I've had to wait. I've had to wait too long for too many conventions. And we're already playing the game of going, well, you know, let's just push it back and, you know, see what happens at Christmas time. But and it's, the possibilities are endless. Well, and I mean, even I'm just thinking even in the terms of if you look at this, I mean, this could be, I mean, they've announced the High Republic uh, for the the television shows and they put out the timelines for the movies and all the TV shows and stuff like this. Like you could drop a game like this because we've had Star Wars Galaxies, which was way back on the day. And that fit right in with the, uh, with the Vader timeline. And then we had the, uh, the old Republic, which was way thousands of years before any of the Skywalker saga. You could plunk in a game like this in any timeline. And then at that point you could take on, you know, you could have a ton of Sith, a ton of Jedi and certain aspects or you could have it to where there maybe not there's no jedi or maybe just a very few amount of them so like oh, like the the possibilities are so endless and the fact that i mean we've just got the announcement and like you said we don't know when we're going to get more information it could be next week it could be like you said next year we don't even know and that anticipation is going to kill me and what drives me crazy is i'm sitting here going why now? This is traditionally <laughs> the quiet time of the year for games. This is not yeah. when, you know, unless a game is coming out very soon, this is not the time you get a lot of information. This is when CES is first and foremost, maybe some television and movie stuff, but that's it, you know. And then traditionally, you wait until March and April when you have. Uh, CinemaCon and when you have WonderCon and you have all these things and we already know one of them is pushed back until August and so it's just the timing is so interesting you're like you know why now we you know you don't always know but there it just it's great to have it right now maybe it was simply a matter of hey there's not a lot of competition right now but I you know something like this you could have dropped this anytime and it would have been massive news yeah and that is what is so intriguing. And, of course, you know, everyone's playing the game going, if they've dropped all this now, what else is coming? <laughs> well, that's the best part I love about the fact that you're the one that's going to be doing all the research for me and finding out all that information. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe me. It, 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 it's sitting there. You know, I, 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 I was um, got up and I saw that and I was like, huh. And then the next day it's, huh. And then the next day, there's another one, and like, so we're all playing oh, wow. this game of going. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like the 2021 Advent calendar. Each day, we're going to see what, <laughs> what little traits behind the door. <laughs> well, I know that you're going to keep on the pulse of all of that, and people can find out all that information at Skewed and Reviewed. You can find that at SKNR.net. Get a lot of live updates and stuff if you hit up all their social media. Thank you so much, Gareth. Anytime. Take care. 
Thank you so much, Gareth. And yes, they're making an Indiana Jones game and a Star Wars open world game. Uh, this is going to be interesting because now that EA has lost, uh, I don't know if they've lost the rights. We don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. But even after I talked with Gareth, it looks like these are just some of the few things that are going to be happening within the Lucas Arts, Lucas Games, whatever they're going to call it now at this point in time. Uh, they're going to be doing a lot more Star Wars properties, and that's actually super exciting. I always like more things Star Wars, right? Like I've been, like uh, the wife and I have been still kind of going through and trying to binge. All of Clone Wars, which is like seven seasons, so it's going to take a while. <laughs> We're almost done with season two because there's still 24 episodes or so each season. So it's going to take us a while to get through all of that. But more content when we're playing video games. I used to play Star Wars The Old Republic so much that I'm very excited for all Were you light side <laughs> or dark side, Rev? <laughs> I uh, was a little bit of a dark side. I'm yeah. not yeah, surprised. I'm a bad guy. Yeah, I was a bad guy. You know me. I love bad guys. That's right. Uh, this is going to be very interesting, speaking of bad guys, because, well... If you don't know, it's Sauron was the big bad when it came down to the Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. um, but this is something different because you do know that Amazon was working on a big budget Lord of the Rings show. Mm -hmm. And now we've got some details about it. Um, first of all, they're dropping $1 billion on it. Billion with a B. With a B. With a B. Hmm. Which is more than three times what they spent on the movie trilogy 20 years ago. Which was uh, a total of about two hundred and eighty-one million for all three. So even adjusting for inflation from twenty years ago, you're not going to get close to that. How many subscribers do they think they're going to get on this series alone? Then all of them. I know a lot of people who will just flat out watch even the unedited versions of the uh, of uh, the trilogy. Like they just have them and they'll just sit there and watch it. And that's like literally like twenty-five hours worth of content right there with that. That's crazy. That's yeah. over 10 million subscribers at $99 a piece. Yeah. And that's like uh, maybe they're going to hope that everyone's going to buy like Lord of the Rings merch and get a prime ship to them as well afterwards. <laughs> you know what? You're probably right. The merchandise sales alone. Now, Amazon has released a synopsis. It says that it brings to screens for the very first time the heroic legends of the fabled Second Age of Middle-Earth's history, thousands of years before the events of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Beginning in a time of relative peace, the series follows an ensemble cast of characters, both familiar and new, as they confront the long-feared reemergence of evil to Middle-Earth. So you maybe see a little bit more of Sauron, the originalities of that, or maybe like Morgrath or some of the earlier stuff. And you might be saying, wait, both familiar and new? Isn't this happening thousands of years that I just said? Well, yes, elves live a long time. Yep. So you stand to reason that you might see a younger Arwen or Elrond or any of those characters. And Gandalf and all those guys are the same thing, right? Ah, I don't know 100% on that. I'm not sure with Gandalf because wizards, wizards make everything weird. I'll, just, I'll just, just put it that way. I don't know how that's going to work. I can understand how the elves are going to work, though. Wait, so they make everything weird, so am I a wizard? Um, yes. yes. Do you have a staff? Uh, yeah, exactly. Do you have a staff? I have a baseball bat. Does that count? Yes. Okay, cool. I'm a uh, wizard. <laughs> continuing on with the synopsis, from the darkest depths to the, uh, of the Misty Mountains, to the majestic forests of the elf captain, capital of Linden, to the furthest reaches of the map, these kingdoms and characters will carve out legacies that live on long after they're gone. Uh, no release date yet, but it is expected to debut sometime next year. So it'll be a little while for that. Uh, Amazon has reportedly ordered five seasons to start. 
with eight to ten episodes each, and obviously they they want this to be the next Game of Thrones sort of thing. So hopefully they uh, don't drop the ball at the uh, end for the last two seasons. Please, please, please put another billion into the last season. Yeah, exactly right. All right, well, let us know how you feel about the Lord of the Rings because now it is time to get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got for us? Well. You know what today is, right? Uh, it's Friday. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't know anything about any new movies coming out. Not a movie. A show. And we have multiple streaming services like Netflix and Hulu, but this one's coming on Disney+. Plus. Oh, I don't remember. WandaVision. Oh, really? Stage Already? One? Yeah. Oh, crap. I forgot. Uh, and I don't want to read any review reviews. Yeah. Uh, because I don't want anything accidentally spoiled or kind of because I'm pretty good at like... Figuring out, reading between mm-hmm. the lines sort of thing, and then suddenly you realize that you've spoiled the entire thing yourself. Yep. Happens all the time. <laughs> but when I was just looking to see, like, any more information, because it's obviously out now and it drops at, like, midnight, but it's going to be a weekly show. Okay. Uh, but there's one review, just reading the title. It's Marvel. Marvel's WandaVision is a time-traveling delight. Um, well, Joe's not in here right now for the geek sheet, no. but it sounds like that's not going to be something he's going to love. That's uh, so we're going to be funny. Play- I'm going to be playing a game whenever we talk about WandaVision when we watch the show because I know Joe's going to watch it too. He's got Disney Plus. Uh-huh. I'm just going to take a shot every time he like sighs or gets angry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just wait for the <laughs> and rolls his eyes or anything of those. Just, mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll have to see how that works out. Uh, but I'm very excited. That's what I'm going to do when I get home. I kind It's one of those, like, I wish I could binge it, but I feel like, just like The Mandalorian, this is not a show we should be binging. Yeah. and At, uh, at least not the first time around. Yes. And I do know that it's going to be nine episodes, and there should be two episodes that drop yes. today. Uh, I'm not looking online right now to make sure, but I yeah, like I'm pretty sure that that's what's going to happen. So the next eight weeks, we're going to have a lot of uh, go- going back into the MCU. <sighs> Finally, 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 finally. (laughs) Uh, But speaking of the MCU, we did get big news dropping yesterday. And is Chris Evans already coming back as Captain America in the MCU? Really? Yeah, like it it shocked a lot of people because I remember reading a while back that like when they were talking about the last two Avengers movies that he was going to be taking a break from acting, he's going to kind of maybe do more of the directing thing. But like, you can't blame anybody. One, if you're in the same role forever, you kind of want to do something different. Totally. Or even just the amount of work it takes to get into that physique, male or female, is just yeah. ridiculous. But, I mean, if he's going to be, is he going to be old Captain America? Because then he doesn't really have to work that hard. He just has to put out on a whole bunch of prosthetics. Right. He could just be scrawny Captain America. But, um, I mean, you already mentioned time travel with uh, WandaVision. And I wonder if this is going to be something along those lines where they might just do like flashbacks. I wonder if it's going to tie in with uh, like even something like Falcon and Winter Soldier Mm -hmm. because that could happen. Or I mean, with, I mean, seriously, like with WandaVision and the fact that we already know the multiverse is going to Mm -hmm. explode, anything could really happen at this point. It could be an alternate dimension, Captain America. (gasps) What if it's the Captain America that's a part of Hydra? Crap. Do you think Chris Evans would even allow that to happen? I honestly, I think, <laughs> I think he might just be tired of doing the Captain America thing. Like, like I said, the workout part. Uh, I feel like he might just do like a cameo. I'm thinking. I think it would be funny if we saw more of him playing Loki, 
kind of like you know, like that oh, like yeah. that example where he like kind of pops in. It's like, hey, I'm Captain America, but or, I'm actually Loki as Captain America. Or what if he is? Uh, yeah, because he w- could possibly be in the Loki show that's coming mm-hmm. out. Because again, also that deals with time travel, or at least some sort of wonky version of that. Just uh, like kind of like being in a weird other dimension or nowhere at the same time. Yeah, makes me think of Hotel Oblivion, which you got to read that. Oh, re- I know. I got to get it back to you. The Umbrella Academy of <laughs> Oblivion. It was it Hotel Oblivion? Yep. Which is actually a pretty cool book. Go read it, especially because, okay, side note, but I mean, I also can see him doing PSAs, like the whole like homecoming, like, so you're going through puberty kind of thing. (laughs) I can see him doing something like that. But if you guys haven't been following our Facebook account, go over there. If you've been loving the Umbrella Academy, just Mm -hmm. like myself, they have announced who's going to be playing... In the Sparrow Academy. Exactly. And I loved looking up, all, seeing all the pictures. I don't know anything about the kiddos or anything like that, any mm. of the actors or any, even even the characters at this point. Mm-hmm. But I love the fact that they do have the uh, the the Cube of Existential Dread or whatever that thing was. So <laughs> without giving too much away of obli- the Hotel Oblivion, and I should point out at this point, uh, in the Umbrella Academy, the TV series on Netflix, it, it does its own thing. Yes. It, it kind of has similar bones Mm-hmm. to the comic, but it really kind of does its own thing because there's a lot of things that I don't think, and I feel like a lot of people wouldn't think would transfer very well yeah. to a, a show unless you've had, unless it was like a long last, like a Batman or a Spider-Man, like we know the backstory, we know this, you can kind of go and do funky things now because it's just common knowledge. Absolutely. We don't know about the Umbrella Academy, so throwing in, you know, talking monkeys all over the world, that being a thing, and that you can jump into an elevator and teleport random places around the world just seems a little much. Yeah, a little too much for a ridiculous show like this. Yes, especially for a first time around kind of situation. But they did, we did get a hint of it, which we knew about before the Umbrella Academy season two came out. We did talk about it on a podcast, how the Sparrow Academy was introduced, but we didn't get too much information. We kind of saw the characters and they were kind of not foils, but kind of like a counterpart kind of to each of the characters in this, in the Umbrella Academy. And they're, obviously from a different type of timeline or universe just because of the whole time traveling messing things up kind of exactly. situation. But we do see Ben as number two, I believe. Yes, and he's, he's alive at this point. He's not just a ghost hanging out with Klaus, which, mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about it before, but it makes sense in that sort of term because then the original Umbrella Academy didn't go on that one mission that got him killed. Mm-hmm. So Instead of being number six, he's number two. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, but we don't. The only thing that I really remember from the the comic book was that uh, number one was very similar in stature. I don't think he was necessarily a, like a monkey. Dude, oh yeah, like but, Luther was. Mm-hmm, but he was very similar in stature, like a very big dude. And the only other thing I remember was this weird existential dreading inducing <laughs> psychocronium uh, cube named Christopher. <laughs> Oh, he actually does have a name. I didn't realize. Number seven, Christopher. (laughs) Number seven, Christopher. Also a floating weird cube thing, which we absolutely did see at the end of season two. Yeah. You kind of see him kind of in the weird shadowy situation. Uh, (laughs) Kind of reminds me of a weird episode of Archer when they have that weird cube. Do they have a weird cube too? There isn't. What the hell's up with all these cubes? So in Archer, this was not this like season 11. It was season 10 when they're in space. It was Archer. Oh, so when he was still in the coma dealing with all of that stuff. All right. Yeah. They they kind of find this weird cube and then they think, oh, it could be worth a lot of money because we're trying to figure out what it does because it's been acting really weird. And then he starts kind of going crazy. But his crazy, it's really figuring out like, oh, wait. 
Oh, no. I, I'm remembering things from my awake time. Oh, geez. So, uh, so cubes everywhere. Cubes everywhere. Well, we always in the Marvel <laughs> universe we had the cosmic cube, mm-hmm. which they called the Tesseract. But yes. I mean, still, it was still the cosmic cube. I kind of <laughs> want to see some prisms at this point. Let's let's, let's change it up a little bit. What's going to be next? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but let us know what you think about Chris Evans possibly coming back to the MCU. It seems like he is, uh, as well as Umbrella Academy and everything else. And yeah. until next time, stay nerdy. Mm-hmm.